0: The Liz Callaway Show with Nick and Liz on Talk 94.5.
1: All right, it is 9.35 on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. And Nick, I thought about you um, when I finally uh, had the opportunity to speak to Dr. Youssef Salibi of Carolina Holistic Medicine. Uh, we've been talking about COVID confusion for quite some time, Mm -hmm. and uh, we are honored to have you on the show with us today, Dr. Salibi. Thank you for joining us.
0: Hey, Liz. Thanks for having me on.
1: You are a frontline COVID-19 critical care doctor, correct?
0: Right. Yeah, we started treating um, COVID early in the pandemic when it was made aware of early treatment options that were safe and effective, and I've aligned myself with the FLCCC group. So I'm one of their docs. We help formulate the protocols, and I give lectures at their conferences.
1: That's amazing. And there is one coming up, right, in April?
0: Yes, April in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. That'll be the second medical conference. It is open to non-medical people, but we're hoping to get uh, two or three times the number of doctors to come so that we can teach them all all things about acute COVID, long haulers, and the uh, vaccine injury uh,
1: issues. Now, th- we need to talk about so much that's not going to fit in this um, segment. So I want to get right to it. Uh, but we are planning to do a longer, you know, long form interview on the-, the podcast, Long Story Short, uh, coming up. So I thank you uh, for agreeing to do that. So I just want to let everyone know that. Now, you, um, you're you part of Carolina Holistic Medicine, and they they this is based in Merle's Inlet in Mount Pleasant. This is your practice, right?
0: Right, yeah, we we opened up the practice in 2013.
1: What You know, we have a life that's pre-COVID and post-COVID. Tell me, what was the typical thing that you were uh, handling over at Carolina Holistic Medicine pre-COVID?
0: So pre-COVID, we we focused on uh, what we call functional medicine, which is getting down to the root cause of what causes chronic illness. So people would come to us with uh, chronic illness like diabetes, or hypertension, and they were tired of taking 15 different pills mm-hmm. and seeing five different doctors and not getting anywhere. So we would help them reduce their pill burden, their polypharmacy. We also specialized in thyroid and hormones in general, but I've written chapters and books on thyroid and give lectures on that. So a lot of women, oh, about 10% of women on the planet suffer from hypothyroidism. So that was a key thing we took care of. And then, of course, Lyme disease. Most Southern doctors don't know anything about Lyme disease. They don't even think you can get it down here. Mm -hmm. So a a big portion of our practice was taking care of all those folks that have had tick-borne illness, Lyme disease, and co-infections. And then, of course, when the pandemic hit, um, you know, we we were used to taking care of chronic illness, and uh, COVID turns out to be something that promotes chronic illness. So it was a good Mm. fit for us, and we just took off with it.
1: You know, I had spoken to someone that said, I met with Dr. Salibi because you were uh, their doctor, and he's like, I know exactly what to do if I get COVID, you know? And I was like, really? And someone had turned me on to your practice. I haven't been there yet, uh, planning on going, but the fact that you do handle Lyme patients. You were telling me before this interview, there's a very interesting... Um, correlation between Lyme disease and COVID and the fact that many people don't even know that they have Lyme disease?
0: Right. So we're one of the largest centers in South Carolina. I was the first Lyme literate doctor to practice with the ILADS organization uh, for uh, for treating Lyme. And uh, so we made a lot of novel uh, diagnoses of people coming in with all kinds of weird disorders and presentations. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, we now know that both the COVID infection and the injection, so the vaccination especially, can trigger off a Lyme disease uh, that has been kind of dormant, if you will. So a lot of folks have had Lyme, and they may have had it for 15, 20 years. They may have had a tick bite when they were five years old and don't realize they've got the Borrelia burgdorferi organism uh, circulating in their body, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really cause any symptoms until they've had a bout of COVID or they've had one or two of the shots. And then all of a sudden, all these weird things start happening, manifesting um, neuropsychiatric uh, problems, cardiac problems, dermatological problems. And they're like, what on earth is this? And they've been to neurology and cardiology, and nobody can kind of figure it out. And, uh, and then we're like, aha, you've got long haulers. And then underneath that, you've got a tick-borne illness or mycotoxin illness or heavy metals or something that disrupts the mitochondria or your immune system.
1: Now, it sounds like to me, you know, when people come to see you, you're a real doctor, but there's some, there's some differences between what they're used to going to a doctor that, let's say, um, you know, that uh, I don't know how to, how do you um, differentiate doctors who take insurance and the kind of office you are?
0: Sure. So my background is traditional allopathic medicine. I graduated from Medical College of Georgia, real traditionally trained, Um, And I practiced emergency medicine and urgent care for almost 20 years before transitioning. So back in the late 90s, I knew something was amiss. I was like, you know, we're not practicing medicine the way we should be. So I went on a journey, but that brought me here. Mm. And what I'm practicing is integrative, holistic, but the model is different. We cannot practice within insurance because the insurance model with mainstream medicine is locked into what we call a biomedical industrial complex and they only serve themselves. Mm. We're talking hospital systems, pharma, yeah. and the insurance companies. So we can't, they don't understand what we do, and they won't reimburse us for what we do. So we have to divorce ourselves from that into something we call a DPC, direct primary care, which is a cash paste, uh, cash model. So you pay cash, but you can still submit your um, encounter forms to your insurance for reimbursements. And we encourage people to uh, get insurance uh, like those share plans, they're more affordable and they cover more things than traditional insurance.
1: Interesting, And
0: they're a better fit for what we do
1: now. Um, now that we know that and, and that's what I want to make sure everybody understands. But, you know, the, you're a real doctor. And uh, that's
0: right. I am an I'm an MD. And a, right.
1: a lot of people, you know, you start if you start uh, just as a normal person, say, well, I went to a doctor and and uh, he prescribed ivermectin. And within 24 hours, this, the covid symptoms I had subsided and they're like, oh, it's in your mind. Oh, that's horse paste. You have hospital systems literally putting that ivermectin is horse paste. Our own hospital systems yeah. here. And. I mean, I go to the doctor, you know, just a regular gynecology appointment, and they're trying to talk you into getting a vaccine. Um, it, it's, it's very interesting. What, what is your approach when people come to you with COVID symptoms? What is the well, first thing uh, that you ask them to do?
0: Yeah, so ivermectin is still a big part of that. And there's something called low-dose naltrexone. And there's a whole host of other agents that we use. Some of them are off-label. Now, you know, I'll tell you, I was reported by somebody in the Myrtle Beach area for writing ivermectin for a patient, and it was just thrown out. After a year with the medical boards, it was finally dismissed or thrown out, uh, the complaint, because it had no grounds uh, to, to, to be a real legitimate complaint. But, I mean, there's a lot of misinformation out there. People think that ivermectin is dangerous or for horses. Ivermectin has been around for 40 years. It is the number one prescribed drug on the planet. Wow. We're talking billions of prescriptions, not millions, billions in the Amazon basin and in the Nile where people suffer from river blindness and filariasis. that's a, a parasite that gets in your lymphatics and causes elephantitis. That drug is doled out like candy. Matter of fact, governments give it out for free. So there's been billions of people that take it every year, pregnant women, children, never a problem. No, nobody dies from ivermectin. People die of not being treated for COVID properly. Mm-hmm. They get uh, respiratory distress. They get put in the hospitals on a ventilator. They get remdesivir, which is a horrible drug. Mm-hmm. And then they die from that. They don't die from COVID per se. They die from the poor treatment and the lack of the proper uh, drug. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they have vilified ivermectin. Why? So um, I don't know if there's time to talk about it, but basically for the pharmaceutical companies to advance their vaccinations, they didn't have enough time to put it through clinical trials. So they were going for, you know, emergency use authorization. And for that to happen, you cannot have any other viable treatment options. So as ivermectin came to the surface, uh-huh. along with hydroxychloroquine, as very... Good treatments for COVID, they were crushed because they couldn't be there if they wanted to advance the vaccine. So we have 37 clinical trials showing ivermectin is effective and safe for treating of COVID. None of my patients die. None of my patients go in the hospital if they do what I tell them to do and they get on ivermectin within 48 hours Mm -hmm. of getting infected. They're usually better in a couple of days. But we were having um, a hard
1: time finding a pharmacy that would fill it.
0: Right. So part of, the, part of what was going on is they were censoring a lot of doctors and they were, they were sending letters out to all the retail pharmacists saying, don't fill ivermectin or you'll lose your license. And everyone got scared. So you have to go to a compounding pharmacy. You got, you got some pharmacists that have some cojones, if you will, mm. and they will go ahead and uh, ignore those warnings and they will fulfill the ivermectin prescriptions for their patients. Mm-hmm. So it is out there. You can get it. You can also get it over from overseas,
1: from overseas. OK, I have to ask you some other questions here um, that you, you just have my whole brain going here. And of course, if you have a question for Dr. Salibi, uh, go to the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line, Texas 843-798-TALK-798-8255. Carolina Holistic Medicine is located in Myrtle's Inlet and Mount Pleasant. Now, I was surprised to hear that someone in Mount, uh, in uh, Myrtle Beach turned you in. I would have certainly thought it was Mount Pleasant um, because of the way they were with masks and all that. What do you recommend um, that people do to protect themselves from COVID? I mean, you have patients there, I'm sure, that are compromised with other illnesses and ailments that make them particularly more susceptible to to uh, real serious effects from COVID. Do you, I mean, do you, or I'm assuming you do?
0: Yes, yes, we do. And um, just to throw this out, on March the 18th, I will be speaking at Ignite Church in Myrtle Beach. I will be giving a lecture or a talk with Q&A on all things COVID. That's related to acute COVID and the coronavirus that we're seeing now, which is endemic. It's no longer pandemic, it's endemic. And also early treatments and, and especially long haul and post-COVID syndromes, mm-hmm. and um, so I invite everyone. It's an open thing you can come uh, and there's posters up on my blog. But it, as a as a, a service to the community, I have posted on my blog and my social media pages uh, the ones that haven't been censored, that mm-hmm. is um, uh, early treatment options. There are some nutraceuticals or dietary supplements that people can take that they don't need a prescription for. That's readily available that really reduce the uh, chances of getting infected.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: they do get infected, they usually clear up pretty quickly. So there's a lot that people can do like vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, quercetin, resveratrol, uh, wormwood. These are things that people are, that are readily available to them. And they can go to our uh, blog and look at the dosing. It's all been posted on there as a, as a service to the community uh, for free. Great. Um, But if they get kind of sideways on it, they need to come in and get seen. And you have to be seen by what I call a COVID literate medical doctor or Mm -hmm. CLMD. Most doctors don't understand or know how to treat COVID or long haulers. So you need somebody, uh, an affiliate with somebody from the FLCCC or the AFLDS. These are organizations that train their doctors to know how to treat people that have long haulers and then, um, vax injury.
1: And not only that, Dr. Sleeby, you can get treated wrong for Lyme disease and that they make it worse.
0: That's correct. That's what yeah, happened
1: there,
0: to me. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing with Lyme disease, and most doctors in the South do not, and there's some doctors up north that don't know how to treat it properly mm-hmm. because that's, that's, you know, that was in their training. They they never really got trained in their residency or medical school. And I had to get special training. I, I trained with Dr. Richard Horowitz up in uh, Hyde Park, New York, who's a world-known Lyme doctor. He's written a number of books. He knows what he's doing, and he, he gave his wisdom on to me, and um, I'm able to take care of patients.
1: Dr. Salibi, I need to ask you this question because you mentioned that, um, th- that the local doctors and hospitals were putting patients on remdesivir and ventilators, essentially causing the death of the patients. They died from that. Do you see something criminal here coming down the pike? I mean, why aren't they being investigated? Why isn't the hospital administration investigated for coming up with this protocol? Because once politics got involved, Big Pharma got involved, lobbyists got involved, um, and these threats to doctors and pharmacies were real, you know, people are doing things they wouldn't normally do, and it's not in the name of medical science or in the health be- or the best interest of the patient anymore. Isn't that wrong?
0: Yeah, it's very wrong. Um, it is very criminal, and um, even, um, you know, the censorship is is bad. So there was a hearing. One of our uh, representatives in, in, uh, in the House on Capitol Hill was grilling um, a censorship person from Twitter. And uh, so you got social media involved in censorship of doctors, and that was under the direction of the federal government. Mm -hmm. So the federal government was overstepping its boundaries or what its function is to influence social media so they could squash the other opinion on how to treat COVID. And that's criminal because it resulted in the death of Americans and people worldwide and they have to be held accountable because they're actually accessories to murder, in my
1: opinion. Wow. I have felt that way, but I, I had a, I have a friend who lost her husband in that exact scenario and I was screaming like, you know, don't send them to the hospital. Uh, It was too late once they were in there and they were then loved ones were locked out and they couldn't advocate for their terrified, a loved one, and they just listen to the doctors. What has happened, Dr. Salibi? I mean, what? where do we go from here? I mean, I can't trust, I feel like we can't trust our doctors. You know, right. we need to go somewhere else. There needs to be some kind of overhaul. What do you see happening here?
0: Yeah, this is cataclysmic. I mean, this is the most egregious thing I've ever seen in my 30 years of practicing medicine and I'm very passionate about my profession. I'm very idealistic and I'm a patient advocate. And in my 30 years, I have never seen the kind of nonsense and a bad medicine that's being practiced. Our current healthcare system is on the verge of implosion. Mm. And it's going to wreck ha- it's going to happen soon and it's going to leave a lot of pr- practitioners in the in the lurch on the sidelines and it's going to be devastating for patients. So there's a group of us nationwide that are trying to put together an alternative parallel healthcare system. And we're working very hard and very fast because the time is coming soon, be, hmm. you know, when the current system is not going to be sustainable and is going to basically collapse, much like those buildings in Turkey hmm. and uh, in Syria have collapsed under that earthquake. Right. It wasn't foreseen. It happened really fast and it killed a lot of people. That's what's going to happen in our country with our healthcare system. I foresaw this 20 years ago, but I didn't ever think it would happen this fast. It's, yeah. it's really, if you look at the marketplace and look at the hospital systems, like if you read Becker's um, health healthcare news, you'll see hospitals are closing. They're laying off healthcare workers, but they can't sustain themselves. So they've gotten themselves in a pickle, and we're not sure who is the puppeteer here, why this is happening, and why it was let happen. There are some Mm -hmm. theories about that, but um, it's going to be bad for patients and for doctors and nurses and healthcare providers.
1: Dr. Sleeby, I need to ask you um, before we go, one of the things that you wanted to talk about were the evils of the mRNA COVID vaccine and what we are looking at five or 10 years down the pike. If people got one or two shots or all four boosters or or whatever, Um, what can you tell us about the COVID vaccine that's out there?
0: Right. Well, it starts with the spikeopathy. So the COVID virus, which we believe has really been engineered with gain of function, the S1 spike protein is the pathological part. And the knuckleheads who created the mRNA vaccine took that very pathological S1 spike and S spike and magnified it or multiplied it. So anytime somebody gets a shot, it's basically you become a factory for manufacturing S spike protein which is the pathological part. It ha- it does vascular injury. It wow. t- connects to the ACE2 receptors in our vasculature and can cause clotting, which will lead to strokes and heart attacks. All these sudden deaths of young people collapsing, mm-hmm. dying at home, suddenly and without explanation, is a result of the spychopathy. This is going to be with us for the next 30, 40, 50 years. It's oh. going to overwhelm our system because it's going to lead to a lot of chronic illness and a lot of debilitating disease and disability
1: for patients. Do you have, there are people that are listening that took the vaccine. What would be their next step? When should they be concerned? What if they took it, you know, a year ago or they just took it three days ago? I mean, do you, what, how do we help people?
0: So it can raise its ugly head at any time, a year, two years. We don't know. This is all very new to us, but we do see the vast number of people that have been vax injured, or those who've had one or two bouts of COVID who have bad uh, outcomes. So the, the thing is, if you suspect anything odd or unusual, get in to see a COVID literate medical doctor as soon as possible, because if there's a clotting issue, that can take you out in a hurry. Uh, you, you will just die in your sleep and you won't know what happened. Now, I don't want to be a you know fear monger, but um, some of these people can be very serious Some people will get two or three shots and nothing, just like Teflon. It just rolls off of them. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but right now they're okay. But there's a growing population of vaccinated who are having a lot of health problems related to the vaccine.
1: Dr. Salibi. We're going to have to continue this. I have, I have 9 million questions, and I know we have an appointment at the end of February. Um, I want to thank you so much. And if people wanted to follow you or get with Carolina Holistic Medicine to get an appointment, um, just give us that information.
0: Sure. Two websites, carolinaholisticmedicine.com or s a l e e b y S-A-L-E-E-B-Y.net slash COVID for that landing page that helps people with uh, interest about COVID.
1: All right. Thank you so much. We look forward to that March 18th event at Ignite Church, and uh, we'll have that podcast before that anyway. Thank you, Dr. Salibi. We appreciate your time.
0: Liz, thank you. Nick, thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Glenn Beck is up next on Talk 94.5.